0: Hey everyone, welcome to Know Your Gear QA Podcast. Let's uh, talk about the first question I saw today, which was from Randall, and he said, he's getting a DeArmond guitar and a Line 6 this month. Guitar Center had a hold on them by law, so he's probably talking about pawn clearance. That's usually what that's referred to, where in my neck of the woods, what we call that. Pawn clearance, if you guys don't know, is when you are a reseller of items, you are required in most cities, states, counties, I, you know, I understand I don't live everywhere in the world. I can't speak to everyone in the world or every state and county in the United States. But in most states and counties, there is some kind of cooling period or, or a, uh, a, a pawn license period. I don't want to say pawn license, pawn period, where when you take something on trade, whether they bought it, a guitar center bought those items or took them on trade, you fill out a ticket. That's how it works here. You buy these tickets and you fill them out. And sometimes you can do it electronically, which is nice too. You send it to your local police department, runs them to make sure those serial numbers and items to make sure they haven't been stolen. I think now it's 20 days or some some crazy, period like that it used to be seven then it was 14 i think it's up to 20 sometimes so it depends again last time we talked about this a lot of you guys chimed in that your city your state your country whatever is slightly different but essentially it's a week to three weeks is the time frame i don't know of anyone doing a month but maybe they're doing that too so the item it can be sold it just can't leave the premises so guitar center can sell it to you you can buy it however keep in mind you when it clears you'll go pick it up or if it doesn't clear they'll say hey we're refunding your money he's waiting for the pawn clearance which is good because hey it's one way it protects stolen items he says how long have you uh wanted or waited for a guitar so he wants to know now that he's waiting for this punk clearance what's the most i've ever waited for a guitar you know you can't have as many guitar buying experiences as i've had and not have tons of those stories so you're asking for the longest i ever waited probably a year to a year and a half is probably as long as i've ever waited for a guitar he also said a piece of gear same thing about a year i don't think i've ever waited longer than a year for something or you know longer than two years whether it was a custom item or it was just something crazy a situation's crazy i once had a situation where i bought a a a line six um (laughs) this will tell you a funny story uh I, i it's one of those things you laugh i always tell you guys that laugh you hear before i tell you a story like this it's that awkward laugh of me remembering how crappy this was i bought one of the one of the line when line six did the uh the first uh Bogner amps not the the second ones the alchemist the first ones i bought one of the heads and i thought they were fantastic and uh it acted up it would uh it would work and then 40 I, i i'm trying to do off memory but 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 i'm pretty sure i'm close to dead accurate what i'm telling you it was like you could play that amp for like 40 seconds and then it would turn off And if you turn it back on, it would come right back on, wait for 40 seconds, it would turn off. (laughs) And uh, so here's what happened. So I took it to a local repair shop and they waited a year. (laughs) They took a year uh, well, let me put it this actually more accurately out of year. I'd had about enough. So at this point I was like, just give me the amp back. Obviously you're not going to fix it. And so I contacted line six. The reason I tell you the story is because this is, this is just a crap thing. I contact line six and I say, Hey, I need this amp. You know, I have this amp. I bought it new. I had it for like three months, maybe two, three months. And then it started doing this. I took it to the warranty center. They've had it for a year. They haven't fixed it. I need to get it fixed. And they go, well, your warranty was one year. Yeah. And they wouldn't fix it. <laughs> and I said, no, your warranty center had it. And they go, no, no, they're just the center that does warranty for us. We're not connected. They said, uh, yeah, it's not covered anymore. It's been over a year. And so, um, and then I'll never forget the guy on the phone line six said, Hey, if you don't like it, you can always sue that store, that, that warranty center. Cause I, they're the ones that cost you this problem. Uh, so uh, what, what happened in my case, and then just so just, you know, what happened was at that point, I'd kind of lost the romance of even owning that amp because i i only had it for a couple months and then uh so i sold that to tony crank if you guys know tony crank uh tony crank it's his uh, you know his not his real name but people know tony crank because of the crank amplifiers remember crank amplifiers and uh, i sold it to him and he fixed it because i sold it to him for a deal and he could fix it dirt cheap and, and he gigged with it for years he might still be gigging with it to this day or he might have sold it off yeah that was a pretty crappy year to wait to get nothing done situations like that really really motivated me to do more repair Uh, even though i don't do amp repair one of the things when you do repair when you start out some of you guys talk about you know when you want to start doing repair one of the things that happened to me when i started doing repair is that you have this mindset of like well there's so many qualified people that can do this do i really need to be adding to the mix and uh you know i do repair and i realized how many times it's not even about how good the work is sometimes the work never gets done at all that was a horrible story but it did motivate me to really dig in deeper to what what i was already kind of diving into. Meester says, hey, Phil, would you invite your wife on to an episode sometime? I bet she has a couple of great stories. No pressure. And it's interesting perspective on your favorite YouTuber. Thanks. It's a great idea. Uh, You know, I talked to her about that and um, she uh, said she would be somewhat interested to do it as an off camera thing. And like I said, we've talked about this. However, in this particular case right now, she broke her foot. That shouldn't really affect whether or not she comes on the show or not, but uh, we've been dealing with a lot of stuff for the the last week or so with the fact that she's got a broken foot. Some of you guys may know, uh, you got emails today. It wasn't a whole lot of you, but a few of you received extra zither stands. So you got Know Your Gear stands. You got extra ones sent to you because I was in charge of this last order. It wasn't actually, thank God, after three hours of investigating today, we figured out it wasn't my fault. It was actually the website host that duplicated and messed up the orders on this last order run. You know, good luck getting them to take responsibility for it. So some of you guys actually got extra stands stands sent to you, which I sent you an email today. You should receive it saying that, you know, that you're not being charged for those stands, that please enjoy them. That was my fault because she's – her foot's broken. (laughs) So she's – we're trying to keep her off her uh, foot as much as possible. Amanda says, let me interview her. That would be awesome. I guess (laughs) – that's a perspective thing i don't know whose perspective you would have from that she is not in love with this uh stuff so she doesn't have my joke i always say when people talk about uh, you know uh, totally unbiased reviews you know every every youtube channel has this unbiased i'm unbiased and i always say the only person that i know personally that isn't biased when it comes to guitars and guitar reviews is my wife because she could care less (laughs) that's my joke i just kind of always say that um But uh, other than that, I always say, somebody's got some bias. We just, you know, tell us what the bias is. Uh, Like I said, but if my wife ever did reviews, it would be, hi, this is a guitar and I could care less. And that would be the video. And then it would be 300 videos of that. She's like, buy what you want. (laughs) Buy. uh Her thing, so you guys know, this isn't an interest for her. She's been in this industry for many years, helping me and doing, you know, part of the business. So many years. She's just very effective at management, at business. You know, what I mean, she's she's basically an accountant. You know, in accounting, she's done business, she's done all these other things. Those skill sets have have uh, aided me well over the years. And because of knowing me since we were like 13 years old, and of course all the other things, she is very skillful when it comes to guitar. So in other words, she can repair a guitar. She could fix guitars. She could do all the minor repair work that most technicians can do. She could do that and handle a lot of other things. Play a little guitar, do all that stuff a little bit. But all of that was out of a necessity to help the business at some point, not not because she desi- she uh, desires it. I guess the way I'm trying to say this is her thing is she's worked very hard in her life for the last you know let's say 10 or 15 years probably 15 years to not have to do this anymore her goal was to not have to work with guitars anymore believe it or not that was like a big goal for her and sadly enough i still have her kind of locked down because she uh, interacts with almost all of the patrons as you guys know if you're on patron i answer the message but immediately like eight out of ten times i don't really know i feel like eight out of ten times whatever you guys send me at patron i'm just like okay great i just forward that to my wife i handle the emails but most of it seems to be delegated to her very quickly as much as i can so that uh, we can handle things oh which speed Speaking of which, I want to do this uh, just because it's a big deal. If you if you join Patreon, I never do the kind of join my Patreon thing, but I need to do this right now. I need to tell you guys about something. I had a bunch of people join Patreon. In fact, more than normal, joined Patreon in the last 30 days. And I really want to thank you guys for that. However, it was a perfect storm of timing of a bunch of people jumped on Patreon and at the same time, I was out of stock on the things. We make these packs that we send the patrons. I was running really dangerously low, and when we were kind of estimating based on what we had been gaining, we'd be fine. So you guys kind of overwhelmed us a little bit. My wife then broke her foot. So good news is, if you saw a post on Instagram yesterday like, like hey, there's a lot of string joy strings in stock, that was me posting to let you guys know. If you're a patron, and you're new, and you're waiting for your pack, it will all be shipping next week. Everything is in stock, and we're all good. That was my wife's. Uh, as you guys know, I've talked about this in the past when you joined patron. I would pine. Pile up some things that had some value, send them to you that I, you know, had, <laughs> and then, like, thanks for joining. And m- when I asked my wife to help me with this, she said that you should be more personally connected with this. So she creates these packs based on everything that I use. Like, I use String Joy Strings, it's the gauge I use, what tuner I use, you know, things like that, what picks I use. And then she puts this together and then she hands me the cards and we send them to you. So, what do we got to do? Let's go back to guitar questions. <sighs> Right. Um, This one is from Adrian. And this is a tough question. And I love these kind of questions. Can you hit the front end of a digital amp with a drive boost? The same way you would a tube amp. When I do it, it just seems to get substantially louder, not more saturated. This is a great question. When we think of a drive, an overdrive or a boost, whether it's a tube screamer, like an overdrive boost, or just a boost pedal, clean boost, you name it, pushing the front end of a tube amp, we see what what happens, right? You you increase the input signal of the amplifier, the preamp section gets a little overloaded for lack of a better uh, way of explaining it, you know, and and basically distorts more and it kind of drives the amp a little bit more. Solid state amps also do this, but usually not as pleasing way. Now, some of you guys are going to say, I have a solid state, blah, blah, blah. And it's great. That's true. But majority of the solid state amps, not so much. They don't really do the sound the same way the tube amps uh, work with that kind of push, with that boost pedal. Digital, which is important to this because he said digital amp and digital amps to me are different. The higher quality digital product, the more accurately or close to accurate that boost becomes. So let me give you an example of that. And and this is just an example, not not factual like data. I can't give you data. Okay. I'm just going to give you an example that maybe helps. If you were to take a basic, inexpensive digital modeling amp, and we're talking very basic, a couple hundred dollars, whatever the base model digital amplifier is. In my experience, you plug a boost pedal in it and it works a little bit, but like you said, you don't really hear a lot. It's not very amazing. There's not whole, like a whole lot of interaction. By the time you get to the Kempers, the Axe Effects, the Helix, of course, or even the modeling softwares, I find, like I use Guitar Rig 6, what's funny about that is I noticed that it becomes more accurate when they were able to model things, when they were able to take digital modeling. Sometimes I'm sure they can model reactionary things. Like, in other words, maybe they know if the amp signal increases, you know, 5 decibels, that maybe to simu- maybe to change the simulation a little bit. Maybe there's a little bit of that going on there. This is really funny. I read an article that was written by my buddy Larry DeMar when he writes the articles, he sends them to me he lets me read them ahead of time and give him observations. And he did this really great interview with Phil Collin from Def Leppard. Fantastic. In fact, the video, the article was so good, it inspired me to make a video. And uh, in this article, Phil talks about the fact that he uses Guitar Rig 6, Guitar Rig 5, and uh, he uses the DiMarzio X2N pickup. I was like, really, the X2N didn't seem like the pickup I would think he would use. And in this, he talks about really wanting to kind of, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but really push the front end of the interview face. So I put this to the test after reading the article, and I agree with him that for some reason, having a really strong signal coming out of the guitar, whether that's through a boost pedal, an EQ pedal, uh, using an active EMG style Fishman pickup, whether using a higher output pickup, pushing it into a digital uh, model uh, software of like classic amps really came to life. Like, in other words, just like a real Marshall Plexi would really benefit from a DiMarzio Super Distortion into a Tube Screamer to get that Plexi kind of roaring like it did in the 70s 80s the digital modeling seems to do that same thing. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation because when he was talking about this, when Aaron Adrian was asking this question, my answer to you is if you're using a very inexpensive digital modeling product, I don't think you're going to notice a lot. But if you go to better quality ones, and notice I didn't say more expensive because that's not what it's about. I mean, you could buy software for $100. That's fantastic. You know, everybody's kind of wants to be in a camp now and you got to be on the, I'm in the camper camp or the tube amp camp or the Axe FX camp. And I try not to be in camps because I find that, like I said, everything's a tool and I'll use it how I feel works best for me and what I'm doing. I will tell you in the modeling world, I really like the software that you can buy for your computer a lot. They're very effective uh very efficient to record with my laptop is got a uh, guitar rig six on it i love it i plug into it i can play that whenever i'm traveling okay uh next next one is uh this one was great i think this is from Ames, and i hope that's correct it says what gear is on your radar at this time that's an interesting interesting question it normally probably wouldn't be because who cares but in this uh, right now in this day and age there's so many things going on right now um You know with the fact that and this is a great topic uh, and hope hope you guys are interested in this i think right now some crazy things going on which is we still see a boom happening in the guitar business it's definitely still going it's slowing it is but i mean like i i kind of use this analogy and it works it's like we're doing we were 120 miles an hour and now we're slowed down to like 105 You know what I mean? The speed limit is still 75. In other words, speed limit in this analogy would be the norm. We're still throttling above the norm. We're, so it's still high demand. Uh, and guitars are still definitely going out the door. And, uh, but that is causing a couple new problems. There's some new problems for the first time. One problem is there's not a whole lot of new things to talk about. Um, in fact, most of the time on the on most YouTube channels I've been watching and uh you know, including this one, a lot of the stuff that's new is not so much new, it's just you didn't it's they're not they're not the booming market, so they they are out there marketing, right? So so in other words, like the brands you haven't heard of that much are now all of a sudden popping up more because as the boom's happening, they want to get part of this boom going too. Um so that makes it tough to buy stuff. Plus I'm exhausted with the exaggerated price tags. They, and I, probably I could just go, you know, I could go on this. It doesn't even have to do guitar gear. I could talk about flooring in your house to everything else. that just, everything is just, it, I'm exhausted by it. I'm exhausted to hear it. <laughs> we're not even talking about inflation yet. We're just talking about these, you know, like I said, it's cause inflation is inflation. Inflation is guaranteed. It's how much of it and how, how little of it. That's another subject that we can all be upset about later about, but for the, for the sense of this art, for the purpose of this argument, um, there's just this like inflate or not inflation. This just kind of like, I'm just tired of hearing how crazy everybody's asking for stuff. And, uh, And so, you know, still finding deals. And I want to keep reiterating that to you. I've heard recently, uh, from on a couple channels, I saw them talking about this and a couple friends, which is, uh, which is, you know, they're saying, Oh, it's, it's hard to find a deal and you can't find deals and and don't even ask for deals, ask for deals. I'm still, every time I'm, I need anything, I've been getting absolute deals. No problem. Uh, in fact, I have not found where there's not, I'm not able to not get anything right now. Every piece of gear you can think of. Um, and I know that's different because I can tell you right now there was an amp that was on my radar last year, about this time, maybe a little earlier last year, couldn't find a single one for sale anywhere, not even used. Now there was like eight of them for sale new, and there was two used. And, uh, I even reached out and got a, a discount. This was a few weeks ago, but I got a discount. I reached out to the the seller and said, "Hey, can you do any better?" and they took like 200 bucks off the price. So, you can get deals. They didn't say, "Oh, no, you can't get these." They just like, "Yeah, they got a deal," and they, they went with it. Uh the deals are on new gears absolutely easier to come by than used, that's for sure. And uh and as we talked about last week uh with my Reverb experiences with a couple sellers, there's definitely an attitude in the selling that sucks, which is you know you know the saying, there's a buyer's market or a seller's market. This is the seller's market. A lot of sellers. I really feel like the two sellers that sent me those uh, those guitars with issues. <laughs> um, I think they did it because they didn't care. I really believe that. I'm again, I can't speak for them. I don't know, but I really feel like it was like. There's no effort to really try to sell the guitar. Like they put it, they were very vague in their descriptions. They really were half assy on the way they shipped them. They were half assy on the way they treated me in the response. In fact, one of them still not resolved uh, and reverb did get involved and is resolving it as we speak, which is the second guitar. And um, I'll let you know how that goes. Uh, uh, the guitar has been shipped back. Reverb guaranteed me. They sent me an email saying, we'll guarantee that you get refunded. Um, and uh, of course, today they did send me another email saying that I got to remove my remove my dispute on PayPal, even though, like I keep saying, removing my dispute on PayPal means that I'm telling PayPal that I'm satisfied with the outcome. And uh, if they just refund the money into PayPal, it will just automatically remove, remove the dispute. So I'm still confused about Reverb and not understanding PayPal. Uh, it really feels that way that reverb just doesn't understand how PayPal works. It has nothing. They're, they're trying to kind of elude that if I don't close the dispute, uh, you know, something, I don't know. In fact, what they're saying doesn't make sense. They're saying you have to close the dispute if you want the refund. And I'm like, that's not how it works. You refund the money to PayPal, PayPal resolve it. They'll shut the dispute down. They won't even care if I, how I feel about it. They'll just close it because it's been refunded. So that being said, it's, it's really weird market right now where you're just seeing uh, the sellers really not care. (laughs) And I've even seen some of the manufacturers kind of have that attitude. It's kind of like they're really backed up. They're really busy, which I understand is very frustrating. I understand that feeling too. I'm, I'm also backed up and busy, um, you know, getting stuff out the door, but I still don't want to treat every customer. Like you're lucky you got anything. We're not ready for that. And I'm not ready to take that as a customer either. So, um, so back to that all that all that whole thing I'm talking about is all about what gear is on my radar at this time um, I haven't seen anything <laughs> I and that's and that's I knew I was gonna say that from the get-go, but I wanted to give you why because you think there should be something something exciting on the horizon. but when you're saying what's on my radar, I'm thinking like new stuff, right new exciting stuff. there's just nothing new and exciting that I'm excited about. Um, There's a bunch of stuff that's been sent to me for the channel. It's not necessarily new. It'll be new to us and it'll be interesting, but it's not new product, not new, like don't tell anybody about this product. And think about this. I can't even tell you guys like, oh, I secretly can't tell you, but there's this product that I have coming out that none of that stuff. Everything I have that's sent to me is, is, is in is in production. In fact, I can tell you right now, one of the things, the biggest problems I have right now on YouTube. So on the YouTube platform by far is I have, uh, six to 10 products right now. I can think of in the hallway that if I do the videos right now, there's nowhere to buy those products. They're out of stock everywhere. And, So if I release that video, it's just a video to tell you guys like, hey, check this out. You can't get it. Have a good day. (laughs) So I've been waiting and waiting for those manufacturers to catch up. They sent product out. Some of them did it on, I don't want to say on purpose. Some of them did it knowing they didn't have product out there, which is weird. And some of them, uh, when they sent it, it just slowly, they just ran out of product real quick. You know what I mean? So it just, they don't have it now. Terry Clark says, hey, Phil, how about those headless guitars? Phil needs one of those right now. I think I own three headless guitars. You don't see them because they don't hang. <laughs> I'm literally looking at a headless guitar to my right, which is my Delos uh, by Kiesel. Um, and I have uh, two headless guitars. No, one. One coming on the channel for for a review video. And I, I own uh, like two or three. Uh, I like headless guitars. But you, they're you know they're not the easiest this display on this kind of format. Um so that's why. Oh, this one's uh, ties into the discussion of talking about reverb. Uh this one is um from judo dad of three. Uh he says ever have an extra shipping charge from UPS even though you used reverb shipping? Twice now for me, and I double check right uh weight weight and size. Um, yeah, because you're getting – you're going to get – I have not had that happen with Reverb. I've had it happen – so I have a business account with FedEx and I use FedEx a lot. So let me tell you what happens with FedEx. Um, what happens with FedEx is uh, when we create a label on FedEx, even putting in everything, we put in the weight, the everything, um, they tell us – it's small print. It says this is an estimate. Uh, and so I just had to happen where I shipped a guitar. I had to overnight, a guitar and it was $353. And so the company that shipped me the guitar, uh, which I was insane. So, you know, I would never, just for the record, I would never pay for $353 to ship a guitar anywhere. Uh, besides the one time I shipped the guitar to Tyler Larson, cause I wanted it insured and protected. Um, but never again would I do that again. Uh, so my point is, uh, the company asked me to, uh, do this, you know. Ship it this way. This is the way that I, I did it, and uh, they would reimburse me. You know what I mean? So what happened in that case was I shipped the guitar. It told me it was three fifty three. My wife, because she's smart, uh, told me to wait a couple of days. <laughs> of course, I I I live in a if I don't get it done now, it won't get done attitude. So I just sent an email right then saying, hey, it's re- the reimbursement three fifty three. And then a couple of days later, re- uh, FedEx told me that it was like. Three sixty-two or something like that. So it's like nine, ten dollars more. I've had that experience. So I'm just relating to that that they do sometimes give you these estimates, and then later it changes. However, if you're buying Reverb shipping and then uh, getting some kind of notification that you owe more, you need to reach out to Reverb. You can do that through the chat button. You don't have to call them. You just go on the website. It'll say, "Do you want to chat?" Hit chat, customer service. Um, you want to know what. Uh, what you sold, you want to know that item number? Put those item numbers because they're gonna ask you what are you, you know, what are you referring to so they can go look, the agent that is. Tell them that you were charged more than what was quoted to you. I would bet Reverb would just refund it into your account. Like I've said, I'm having issues and I've had issues in the past, like a lot of us, with people on reverb. But reverb as a whole, not so horrible. You know what I mean? I mean as a whole they've taken care of me. Like I said, they say weird things. Like I told you this PayPal thing's kind of weird. But they're not they're not taking advantage i mean i obviously I got my first refund i'm going to get my second refund uh it didn't just it didn't stop me from dealing with reverb I, i've i purchased another guitar after i got that refund and it's on its way so i'm still going forward with that but i would definitely reach out to reverb and uh and then and then that would be more interesting i think for us as a community to know did reverb tell you to suck it <laughs> you know what i mean like hey i got charged more and um And, uh, and they go, yeah, it happens too bad, but I would be really shocked to hear that. I'm sure you're going to hear like, oh, that's unfortunate. Let me look into this and then somebody will get back to you or they'll handle it on the spot and then they'll just pay you the dividend. So they'll just go, we credited in your account this amount. So, okay, let's do, let me see if I can find a screen. We'll be right back. But you still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You yeah. feel me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. And, and you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Know what I mean? So do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little you know, man? Yeah, yeah. We all we all artists over here, man. I'm y'all trying, already? Yeah, I'm, yeah. trying yeah. I'm trying, oh, yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah, yeah. We all artists, man. We go, you feel me? We gonna have this like, bro, Me and my man, like me and my man, Kyle. We be like, I don't know. We play, we play with this <laughs> don't shit. Right play right with now. I got to lie, We play with this shit right now for, for oh, a Don't play with, don't it, play with nah. it. Take that shit. Soon. Okay, Greg's question is: Phil, I have been playing my acoustic. Oh, haven't? No, he has. He's been playing his acoustic uh, more lately. Which strings are, are your go to strings? I'm sure you mean for acoustics. Uh, there seems to be a lot of new boutique type string companies showing up in the market. Sure, of course. Uh, a couple things. Uh, yes, I like uh, for electric guitars, I play String Joy strings because, as I've told you guys before, and, and uh, again, I always tell everybody, everybody has a bias. What is the bias? Here's my bias I bumped into Scott, the owner of String Joy strings in Nashville at the NAMM show 2019. And he was just a pleasant person to talk about. He was super educated about strings on a level. I can recognize as a nerd, I can, I can recognize a fellow nerd, and I can definitely recognize an out-nerd me nerd. And that was the, he was the out-nerd me nerd. Like, I knew a lot about strings, and he knew a whole lot about strings. <laughs> and I uh, enjoyed the conversation immensely. And then he, uh, I said, you know, I, because I just wanted to buy some strings just to kind of say, thank you. And uh, he wouldn't take my money and he sent me some strings. And, um, and so I started using them and I liked them. So I tell you that because I like, I tell you all the time, sometimes I like the product, I don't like the company. Sometimes I like the company. Very rarely do I like the company and not like the product. Sometimes I'm lucky to like both. Stringjoy is a brand I like both. Like I said, I'm friends with the guys at D'Addario, and I'm friends with Stringjoy, and I like both those strings, and I like those companies. That being said, for electric guitars, I like Stringjoys. I use them a lot, most of my guitars, especially, I told you guys, a couple months ago, I I, got a, I bought a Thing is, well, you know what happened was COVID, it was string shortages. I bought some strings and then I had a bad batch. And that really kind of made me go back to the string joys even harder um, because I was, what I was trying to do was not put the $12 strings on every guitar because string joys are kind of expensive. So, you know, I was trying to kind of parcel out to the guitars that I play the most that get the expensive strings. It was my theory in my head. It really made sense in my head. You know, this guitar I play every day, put expensive strings on it. This guitar I don't play so often, put the cheaper strings on it. And that really didn't pay a dividend. Um, But for acoustic guitars, I actually use Daddario, and I use the coded strings. Uh, EXLs, I want to say. Something XL, something. Everything they got is XL, but I think it's like EXLs. Um, And the reason is, is because... I like the coded strings on acoustics because I like the acoustic strings to stay as bright as possible for as long as possible, and uh, I find the coded ones work for me. Uh, A lot of players love elixir strings. Like I've said before, elixirs are one of the most diehard uh, consumers out there, people who are fans of elixirs. They're great, but I, like I said, I I use the Daddario... uh, 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 uh coated uh, acoustic strings. I like phosphor bronze. So it's really more important to me is what the strings are, not what the brand is. For acoustic strings, I like phosphor bronze. I'm not a big fan of eighty twenty. Eighty twenty is uh, a percentage of brass and bronze. Um, I like the phosphor bronze. I like for acoustics twelve to fifty two. I think, and sometimes there's twelve to fifty three. Uh, that's whatever it is. That's what I go with. Whatever's the standard twelve gauge pack. And I'll do uh Dodario and I'm I'm totally fine with that. Very rarely do I sh- do I shift from that. And if I do, it's usually going to be Daddario, uh just acoustic uh phosphor bronze uh 12 to 52 or 53. And uh I have not tried the stringjoy acoustic strings. Um and in fact to be honest with you, just saying it out loud right now, I'm not even aware if they even make them I didn't look. Like I said, I've been using the electric strings and maybe I need to do that. One thing I want to tell you though is uh I don't have it in the link right now, but I'll do it now well, for the rebroadcast. Um Stringjoy sent me a link and uh it was very cool of them uh to do this. It's an affiliate link, which means if you click the link, um they pay me like a percentage of whatever you buy from Stringjoy. And that's pretty cool. You know what I mean? Because as you know, I like to do affiliates, but I also remind you guys to call and make deals, but Stringjoy is not a call and make deal company. It's just you buy the strings. So, <laughs> so if you buy the strings, uh, use my link, uh, it will support the channel and it doesn't cost you anything. But in your case, like I said, if it was acoustic, I would, I would just recommend what I use, which is the, um, the, uh, uh acoustic, uh, sorry, the acoustic EXLs. I'm probably saying it wrong. EXL, uh, Daddario uh coded strings, but here's one thing I want to talk about with strings uh strings are one of the few things that I've noticed that the not the not it's not as easy as the more you spend, the better they are, but it is kind of that way, and there's nothing wrong like I have people tell me like I buy the three ninety whatever packs on sale in fact, I have a friend that's all he buys is whatever's on sale. <laughs> Okay. Uh you know, if he walked in a music store right now and they had two packs for $3, kind of crazy but he he wouldn't care what they were, he'd buy them. Uh and there's nothing wrong with that. Um my problem is I'm very 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 particular about strings. I I I literally try not to be this way. Um there's a couple things I try not to get hung up on. Uh uh, you know, I have a friend who's hung up on fret size and it was fret wire. He only likes jumbo frets, uh, and I told him once, I go, "That's the worst." Because once you get addicted to a fret size that you only like jumbo or you only like vintage fret wire, then all guitars, you know, anything that's not that guitar is a mess for you. I try not to get too hyper focused on that, but strings are one of the things that I've been the biggest kind of personal snob. Not for anybody else. Everybody like what you like, uh, but man, for some reason, I just it's everything. It's how they sound. It's how they feel. I'm, cr- I, everything is, is, a big deal for me. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, I've tried uh, so many expensive strings and I've been happy with most of them. My big problem for strings is, uh, it's hard for me to find strings that I like that aren't expensive. Um, which is the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. If you can fall in love with cheap strings, you will be a happier person and, and enjoy the rest of your life and don't look back. <laughs> okay. Uh Jay's question is, hey Phil, I have a fender. Ventura. Is it Ventura? 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 Think like, like Ventura. Is it or there's like Ventura, like Ventura Boulevard? I never looked at the spelling on Ventura Boulevard. Probably is the same. Anyways, it's Ventura. I'm gonna say Ventura telly. And the uh strings are not centered running down the neck. Somebody should make a video about that. Uh, in fact, I will and I'll go back and I'm going to do it this afternoon and then I'm going to go back in time and put it in this link down below. Uh, it says the high string is much closer to the edge and slips off. Yep. I have a video. If you don't want to wait until I put the link, when I do the rebroadcast, it's called, uh, in fact, I didn't even name the video guitar world did. (laughs) What's the name of the video? Hold on a second. I don't even know. I, I I made this video and I made a title. It was one of the first times, uh, this ever happened to me. I, I did a video and I titled it, And then Guitar World took the video and put it on their webpage and shared it with everybody. But then they retitled it. In other words, they called it something else uh, when they were sharing my video. And um, I'm going to say string alignment, something. Let's see what happens. It's called How to Fix Your String Alignment on Fenders and Squires. (laughs) That's so what happened was, I think I called it uh, how to fix string alignment and they changed it to how to fix bad string alignment on fenders and squires. So that's what it's called. Uh, and uh, in fact, while we're, while we're doing things, I'm going to link it, copy it, get out of it. And uh, I just saved myself five seconds after the show. <laughs> so I'll, I'll post it. Look at this. I'm posting it like as we speak. Look at that. That gives me two more minutes with my kids this afternoon. (laughs) Okay. So, um, so basically, uh, that will help you and that will fix the problem for sure. Uh, it's a pretty straightforward fix. Uh, you know, it's not even a, it's not a tech fix. That's what's great about it. It's not like a guitar tech or a luthier or anything like that. It's a, anybody who's ever worked in a music store learns this trick fast. There's a lot of the tricks I did on the channel that have done really well. Aren't like my luthier guitar slash repair tricks. They're the tricks that I'm like, you know, uh, you, you know, when you deal with guitars every day, um, the question I never been asked this and never thought about, but I just thought how many, how many bad guitars do I touch versus good guitars on average? I'm going to say I touch more good good guitars on average, but I kind of feel like it's a 70, 30 split, like 30% of the guitars you you interact with in a music store, in a repair situation, uh, or even as a YouTube reviewer, 30% are probably issues. So you learn to adjust issues really quickly when they're like that. So that's how you'll fix that, Jay. And uh, let me know if that works. You don't have to super chat. Let me know that works. That was very kind of you to do the super chat. Um, just send me a message through pmcknight7. Um, I'll send you a thumb up emoji that I got it. <laughs> so at least you know I, I understood. And if it didn't work, at least now I'll know. I'll, 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 we'll know it we have a bigger problem. Uh, SJ says, what pickup should I Look for in my Epiphone 2020 Les Paul upgrade. Okay, he's like, he says he plays blues and rock. He's looking at the Fralin PAFs, the pure PAF, um, or the Seymour Duncan Pearly Gates, uh, any others to check out. I'm, I'm a big fan of, obviously, Les Pauls and PAFs. I'm a big fan of PAFs. I just, I've, uh, you know, I once watched, um, uh, oh my God, <laughs> Uh why am I having I'm having a moment where I'm like I'm I'm having a moment where I can't remember the name. Uh Shane. I'm sorry. Shane in the Blues. I kn- remember in the Blues I just couldn't remember if it was Shane. So Shane in the Blues, he did a video once uh, a couple years ago and he was saying uh it was a live show. And he was saying that he's reviewed so many pedals, at some point he starts realizing like there's they're all the same. And I'm paraphrasing, like I said, don't want to put words in his mouth. But I get the, that's the gist of what he was saying. He's like, there's, there's really only a few pedals. And uh, what happens is you have to start asking yourself a question. Like, you know, how many guitars can I review? How many amps can I review? How many pedals? How many pickups can I review? Uh, I currently have probably 200 or 300 sets of pickups in the shop right now. Different, different... Different pickups from different brands. Um, and uh, and here's what you start realizing. You start realizing that exactly like everything in life, there's really like everything has this lineage of being a few things. So like the PAF, the super distortion, the JB, these are actually different pickups. They're different. They And so much so that they become like copied so many times by so many other people. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. This isn't a negative uh, speech about that. Um, like Marshall amps and then all the copies of those, which I know Marshalls are from Fenders, but you understand the each copy gets different enough to where it's a little bit, just a little bit of a different flavor. But at the end of the day, you do come to some point where you realize not that not everything's not, that things aren't different and they're all the same, is that they're just minorly different. (laughs) You know what I mean? So when you talk about a PAF pickup, and I mean a good one, uh, you know, the most accurate PAFs you can get, obviously like the originals take something like the original PAF. And then you look at the, the, you know, Gibson current, current recreations and everybody's recreation of it. What you realize is everybody's just a little percentage different than each other's, but essentially they all have this kind of overall voice. Um, I've said this once before, and I really believe this. If, if I, you could give me, 25 tube screamers, uh, from $20 up to $200. And I could tell you which ones I like better in the mix. You know what I mean? Like, okay, that one's better. And this one's not as good to my ear. Right. And it wouldn't matter. So, you know, I'm not talking about a challenge where it's like, I'll pick out the expensive one. Cause that's not where I'm going with this. I'll pick out, I'll be able to tell you if you gave me 20 of them, which five are my favorite five of the 20. Now here's, what's interesting about that. Um, I wouldn't be able to tell you And I wouldn't bet, by the way, if any of the five were the cheap ones, because I wouldn't really it was it doesn't matter to me what what I can tell you is if you give me 12 12 or 20 tube screamers and one that's not even a tube screamer, that one I will probably pick out every time is like, whoa, that one's not like a very tube screamer, because what happens is you play enough tube screamers after a while, you know what they do and you hear how they sound. And it's not about to me whether one's good or bad. I think they're all good. They're just slightly different. But I can tell when one's not a tube screamer. Uh, uh, for the most part. Again, there's always going to be an outlier to this, but I'm saying the majority. So same with pickups. A PAF-style pickup really comes across to me. And so uh, when I hear a pickup that's different than a PAF, slightly, you know, adjusted... It's like, yeah, yeah, it's PAF tone, but it's more mids. It's PAF tone, but it's more kick. It's PAF tone, but this. So back to your question, I think uh, the Fralin PAF is one of my favorites. It's a great pickup. The Pearly Gates are great pickups, although I picked the Fralin over that. You were saying any uh, other ones to check out? Of course, you know, I mean, there's so many great PAFs. I actually like the DiMarzio PA- PAF, Path. <laughs> Technically, the DiMarzio one's the Path. Um... I actually have a funny story about that too. I've said in my videos, I say PAF and I have a couple people, not very many, two or three go. I hate it when he says PAF because it's P-A-F. And I said, oh, when I say PAF, I'm talking about DiMarzio. And then I guess somebody sent me a message, an email. I love it. They sent me an email one day and they said, just so you know, I talked to Steve Blucher and he says, he's never heard of this calling DiMarzio PAFs. And I'm like, well, here's what I know. I, uh, I tell Larry, uh, path and he doesn't correct me. And I laugh when I say it, cause I don't think it's intended to be called a path. I just say, once you removed the PAF dots, it's path. Uh, yeah. V man says DiMarzio anniversary. Absolutely. Um, I-, I could tell you the, the video I told you I'm inspired by from Phil Collin earlier today, the, the, the article with uh, Larry and Phil Collin. um, the video that I have coming has to do with Les Paul and some pickups I'm putting into it. So And it's called, I think I'm going to call the video The Other. What did I call (laughs) The Other what? The Other. uh, Hold on a second. I actually write down the names of the titles of videos. And it's called The Other Legendary Les Paul Tone. That's what it's called. The Other Legendary Les Paul Tone is going to be the name of the video. Um, And it's all inspired from that article with Phil Collin and them. And it's actually Phil and Larry... Not even talking about Phil and, D- and Def Leppard, they are in the article, but in the beginning of the article, they're talking about all the ins- ins- inspiring players from the 70s and what they were using. And it made me think of something. So, uh, but yeah, the Lindy Frailins, or like I said, if you want to save some scratch, go DiMargio Paths I also like the 59, uh, you know, from Seymour Duncan. Like I said, none of those pickups are bad to me. Um, all of them are good. That's I know that's part of the problem. You kind of want to like, which one? But... Here's the good part. I, at least I'm not saying one of them sucks. I like the pearly gates too, by the way. And I would tell you if I didn't like the pickup, because there's a lot of pickups I'm not a big fan of. Uh, David says, Phil, have you?" he has an SR250 bass sound gear, okay, and I hate the active pickups. Uh, is there a clean way to replace the active or uh, for passive? Absolutely. Sure, of course. Uh, super easy. First, uh, SR250, uh, let me look at it real quick, uh, because I don't know... You know, there's so many Ivanese bases, and there's so many numbers. Um, I need to. See, yeah, there's soap bar pickups. That's the that's the uh, the crazy part. So you have to you got to get soap bar pickups. So you're in the. I would say look at Bartolini, uh, see if they have something that fits. Um, here's something I would suggest to you though. You're talking about a base. The one I'm finding, the SR250, is a $300 base. Bases are a different conversation than guitars. I hope you understand this. Guitar players buy a $300 guitar. You throw in some, you know, $200 pickups. And, uh, you know, we could argue all day if that's a smart or, you know, dumb decision. But either way, it's fun. A bass, a $300 bass, you're going to looking at pickups. You're going to be looking at $300 in pickups. And it's tricky because... It's an afternoon. It's going to be, like, unless you're really, really efficient, you know, you're not going to knock that out in 30 minutes to an hour rewiring all that stuff and taking all the stuff out of that base and putting in new stuff. It's going to take you at least an hour, two hours uh, of, of replacing the electronics just from the time to take the strings and get through all that stuff. And if you ever sell that instrument, you're going to have to take all that stuff out and put those originals back because that base is never going to be worth... Uh, what it what it's worth used let's say two hundred bucks used and those electronics so there's something that's something I would think about um i'd almost suggest you to sell the bass and buy a different bass if here's the thing about this your ne- the sound gear bases are some of my favorite bases they have that great neck they they feel great they play great. Here's something I would highly suggest to you, especially if you have the means to do so, means being not the money in this case, the means like the ability to travel and stuff. If you can go to a music store, any music store, I would highly suggest to pick up some kind of 60s-style jazz bass, whether it's from Sire basses, whether it's from Squire, whether it's from you know any of the companies that knock off Fender, because there's a crap ton. I mean, you know, g- guitar players think people f- knock off Strats. You should see how they knock off Fender uh, basses. Um, I would find a very, uh, not, it doesn't have to be inexpensive, but try to find an uh, inexpensive uh, jazz-style bass and play it. I really think so. I, I if you in a scenario, if you came in and I, let's say if I was working at a retail store and you came in with that problem, I would definitely tell you not to invest into that three hundred dollar Ibanez bass. I would definitely tell you to sell that bass for two hundred bucks, take that two hundred dollars, and try to find yourself a really nice jazz bass for two hundred bucks. And there's a ton of brands out there that have it. There's a reason why, like the jazz bass, it's it's the gold standard for recording for using. You know what I mean? It's just easy. It's an easy instrument. That's definitely what I would uh, do. Um, and if the issue is you love the Sound Gears little neck, don't worry, the jazz bass will have that same kind of little neck. So that's what I would definitely consider doing. Uh, Aaron Peacock, hey, what's up? He says, love the channel. Thanks for the spectacular content. Thank you for the spectacular super chat. Uh, Peters says, hey, Phil, I've always wanted a real Strat. It's funny that if we just talk about this, we're talking about a real Strat. Okay. Uh, and I <laughs> it says, but my parsimonious side... Thinks that Godin will or Godan. Remember, I told you, if I read, it's Godin. If I say it without reading it, it's Godan. Godan would make me happier long term. Thoughts. P.S. Love the candor. Uh, you're awesome. I appreciate the compliments. I appreciate that. Um, look, I always, I, I, I kind of adapted a philosophy, and I want to tell tell you, Peter, what it is with your question. When people use the word real, it matters. I've learned this. I just, it's just just a new thing. (laughs) It's, I I wish I was paying attention all the years when I was in retail. I I think I was a little bit, but not like I am on YouTube now when I watch the way everybody talks. You know, like I said, 233 episodes of me talking for two hours about guitars. I've watched every episode, (laughs) even more so now that I do pod clips because I timestamp them. And then when I do pod clips, I'm searching through them. So here's what I could tell you, though, when somebody uses the term real, like, I want a real Gibson. I want a real Fender. I want a real Marshall. Uh, or, hey, I have a PRS, but not a real one. Even I caught myself saying it. If you watched my PRS Mira video the other day, uh, in the video, I almost edited it out out of shame because I was I actually ashamed of myself for saying it. At one point... I I referred to my PRS Core Mira as a real one in the video. I say, "Oh yeah, it's uh, like my" and I wasn't saying the negative. I was just saying, "Oh yeah, it's not like my real one." And then I'm like, "Oh, I'm saying it." So here's what I'm saying. If you use the term real, you you should buy that. That's my new theory. You know the 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 you know the the game on the channel is if you ask if you should buy a guitar, we're going to say yes. That's the new rule. The new rule is if you say real, you should buy that. Because it means something to you, that's what that means. It by saying I was thinking about getting a real strat, but wouldn't I be happy with a Godin? You would absolutely be happy with a Godin. You would be happy with the Harley Benton. Anyone could be happy with any of these guitars. You can be happy, right? Uh, you know, you could play. I mean, I, obviously, that's another benefit of reviewing things. I review two hundred dollar guitars, and then I scratch my head when I put it down and pick up a two thousand dollar guitar, and I'm like the hell am I spending this money for? Right. (laughs) And then the opposite. Sometimes, you know, you you pick up the $2,000 guitar and you go, wow, it's just so dreamy. It's great. But realistically, if you use the term real, I think that means it matters to you. I think I I would go with getting the real Strat. I think you'll be happier. And here's what I can tell you. No matter what that costs you, it will cost you more if you buy another guitar, even if it's a go down and sell that off to get the Strat. If you think you're going to, if you think that's where you might end up, you should just do it pull that trigger. You won't regret it. It's expensive, but I've learned the hard way many times over when it comes to this. Trying to save myself a little money buying the thing that I think will make me happy when I know the other thing will make me happy. Just wait. Just wait. So, you know, there you go. Grave Digger Dale says, have a beverage on me. I will. I will. Absolutely. After this week, I'm definitely drinking after the show. (laughs) Was it a bad week? had some great times. It was just a lot of work and you know, work in my world is uh, like a lot of people. Work is good. Work, work means everything's you know, going to be okay. Um, and so the, the more you work, the better you, you know, you, the better you're doing. However, you you try to say no sometimes, but I don't live in a business, you know, I'm I'm in the gig economy. I don't work in a say no, (laughs) there is no, there's no jobs for me next week that I don't make. So, uh, Lori says, hey Phil, I love your channel, even though I cannot play well yet. That's not a prerequisite, but I appreciate you stipulating that. It says, what is an item that you are anticipating being released soon that uh you're excited about? It's kind of goes in the previous question, right? What new gear am I excited about? Um that's the that's the kick to this right now is that there's nothing that I heard that's being released that I'm like, woo. You know, I wish I could tell you guys, like, oh, I have one, but I can't tell you. I don't even have that. There's a lot of cool things out there right now. Um, and there's a lot of goofy things, gadgets, stuff uh, that are that are out there. But uh, like I'm trying to think of something like I'm like, this is going to change things or, uh, you know, I'm, I'm super excited about anticipating it. There isn't um, nothing really that's kind of sticking out. I'm kind of even looking around the room because sometimes I have stuff out of camera view from when you guys, you know, that I'm. I'm looking at, um, I will tell you this, I am doing, I'll tell you a piece of gear that's been tough to talk about. Cause I have a video, uh, that will come out soon and it's the, uh, the aux by universal audio. And, uh, that was a piece of gear that I have had now. And I've been working with on so many levels because of the fact that it was, everyone has one. And, and everyone, meaning everybody you watch on YouTube has a universal audio aux and they, they were thousand dollars when they came out. They're thirteen hundred dollars now. And they're expensive. And um I will tell you this, I will uh, my video will be out soon. If you actually want a good video, I like Rhett Shaw's video the best. I watch a ton of videos after I got it. Um like all of us, right? You buy it, then you start watching other videos on it. Um and Rhett's was the, the most accurate assessment of it that i can tell you and um i will tell you i from watching his video of it i obviously like it a lot more than he does Okay. So I'm not saying he doesn't like it. If you watch the video, he likes it, but he has all these issues that he sees with it. I see all the same issues as him. I just came to that like, oh wow, but I still love it. It's a great piece of gear. Um, and if you're new, new to guitar and just playing, this is still not something you need yet, but I just, you were talking about gear that is exciting for, for someone who's newer playing. I don't know if there's a piece of gear that I'm super excited about right now. There's supposed to be some more guitars coming to the channel that are more affordable, that are, that are supposed to be higher quality, um, that I've, you know, I've heard, (laughs) you know, there's the stories that these are, you know, even better than some of the more other inexpensive guitars. And, uh, I'm excited about those, but yeah, not as gear. It's like I said, it's tough because nobody's really driving, designing new product right now it's it i mean there's some companies but they're not really pushing it out because there's there's no need to they're just trying to catch up with what's going on uh it's crazy you know you a lot of you guys shop at sweetwater uh i keep getting this too by the way uh and i'll I'll just tie into this cuz anytime we get on a subject that's might interesting this might be interesting to you guys um Look, I keep hearing from everybody. It's just so funny I say I keep meaning, you know, hundreds of people. Hundreds of people like to post on videos, on uh, comments on videos, or send me messages to saying, like, Phil, there, Sweetwater doesn't have anything. They don't have anything. I, I'm telling you as an affiliate of Sweetwater, in other words, you know, you guys click those links and I get a kickback from that. Um, they're killing it. <laughs> they're selling. That's why there's nothing there. I absolutely hate the idea when I go on Sweetwater, especially a guitar, even more so than an amp and a pedal or anything, a guitar is the absolutely the worst. But I absolutely hate when I go on Sweetwater and it says like click, you know, click now, you know, order it, but we don't have it. You know what I mean? We'll get it soon. I, I hate that because I hate ordering stuff. It' not in stock. I mean, that's been this luxury that we've all we've all been. You know, we've all been ha- we've had this luxury now since basically the internet got invented and it's been put out. It's like whatever we want, it's out of out our whim. We just get it. And I hate this idea you click stuff and, you know, you you wait for it to get in stock, but what I'm telling you is cuz I cuz I you guys um how it works is if you buy, let's say an item on Sweetwater, uh let's say for, like this uh Squire Affinity here. Let's say you go on there tonight and you somehow have used one of my links, And you click on that, and it says it's out of stock, and you purchase it. I still get paid for that, even though it's not in stock. That that is very unique. It doesn't usually work that way with other companies. Now, so you know, uh, and I just want to be clear: if you click that, it's not in stock. Um, They pay me the the royalty. However, if some point during the sale, at some point, whether it's a day from now or a couple weeks from now, they don't deliver it to you, or you uh, cancel the sale, they just deduct it out of my account. Okay. So, and before I ever got physically paid, it was all pretty much determined. But the reason I tell you that is, um, this is what I'm seeing with Sweetwater. You guys may not be seeing, you guys are clicking these things that are out of stock and buying them. And then some of you guys are waiting for them to come in stock. Well, what's happening is there's like eight people who bought it and there's only nine things showing up. So, or in some cases there's seven showing up. So they're just perpetually out of stock. So I want to tell you that. So you guys realize uh, there's, this isn't a guess. I'm not giving you a theory. I'm physically watching it to the tune of huge triple, quadruple digit, digits. I'm, huge numbers of people are, are transacting that I can see these transactions. I don't see who you are. I just see the transactions. Um, they are buying the stuff before it ever lands at Sweetwater. That's why Sweetwater is perpetually staying out of stock. You can see it. Uh, so they're selling so crazy that even though I was doing the same thing, you guys, that's why I looked. Cause when you guys, you know, a bunch of guys kept sending me messages saying how they make any money. They don't have anything in stock. It's because everything's selling before it gets in stock. Crazy. So just be aware of that. Uh, I'm not telling you to pre-order stuff. I'm just telling you that's something you're probably seeing and not understanding. And it's, it's, uh, it's happening. Um, then we have, uh, David wanted to do a, a super chat. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Steve says, Hey, Phil, I got my KYG zither stand in the mail yesterday. It's awesome. Don't forget to lemon oil it, uh, to per their instructions is the Keeley caverns next. Okay. So yes, uh, it, you get your zither stand and you get a bottle of lemon oil and yeah, you have to, you have to oil it up. Uh, <laughs> so, so, you know, something to tell you, I, I, all my zither stands I bought uh, over the years. Uh, I think my oldest ones are like two years old, maybe three years old, whenever that first video is. And I think it's around 2018, might've been 2019, but I thought it was 2018. Uh, I lemon oiled them all when I got them and I never did it again. And I've never had a problem and it's dry here. So I'm not telling you not to do that. I'm telling you just again, what happened with me. Um, but uh, to your, to your question uh, about the uh, caverns, So if you're a patron of the channel, you know that I've kind of uh, sent the patrons the list of the brands that I'm in negotiation with for the limited edition runs. Obviously, the stand is a limited edition run. When I say limited edition, I want to be very clear about this. Limited meaning once I'm done with it, we'll go to the next thing. Um, It's not about creating a... uh, uh, I'm trying to balance this with not creating one of the two problems that exist with limited edition runs. One, uh, you you, you limit it so low that people, you know, not everybody wants one, you know, not everybody that wants one can get one. And then they go crazy on the secondary market. That that's not what I want. And I also don't want a limited edition uh, product where I don't have them sold through. So what we've been doing is trying to figure out the perfect number so that everyone gets fulfilled. I mean, I understand there's still going to be two or three people going, Hey, I wanted one. I didn't get one. I'm like, sorry, that's the end of it. But I mean, I feel like if I got like 95% of you that wanted a product to get it, that's great. And then, you know, then if it two years from now, people are reselling them for more money, then that's great. But I don't want to create that problem Like in the first week. Everybody's just secondary selling them against me. Um, so on the stands, we're almost at, uh, to the conclusion, like I said, we'll have a video and, uh, that will happen. The next product I believe will be the Keeley product that we've been talking about. Again, this is a process. Uh, I, I don't have control of when these products come out. Um, there's certain products I didn't want to talk about publicly because they, you know, if they don't happen, there's uh, already one or two that have already, that I've told the patrons about that, that I think are kind of not going to happen because of the, because of COVID, because basically everybody's so backordered, why, why do a limited run of unique products at a reduced price for my audience? Um, but yes, the Keeley pedal is going to happen as soon as it, as soon as it happens. Like I said, what happens is the patrons get notified first so that they get, guaranteed to get one. And then after that, everybody, you know, I notify you guys. And again, don't, don't trust me on this. Don't become a patron in the idea that you think, you know, cause that way you can get a product. If you're excited about it, I, I'm pretty, pretty confident. Well, there's, you're not going to be left out of the party, so to speak, right? It's just, you know, you may have to wait a week or two if you're waiting for the pre-order, you know, if you don't get the pre-order shipments. Um, the other thing that is probably okay to talk about now, although I haven't, Finished. I haven't touched the prototype of it. Is there is going to be a limited Kiesel guitar now? Limited meaning again. Not none of this stuff is signature stuff. This isn't like Phil McKnight signature. This is just like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we could get something a little different than normal? And I, and basically when I go to these companies, I go, I'll guarantee you this many sales. Let's do this. Let's have some fun doing this. And again, one of the requirements to the companies is they can't add to the price. So like the Zither stand is the same price, if not less than like the, like I said, the Zither know your gear stands. um, um, They, uh, the typical uh, branded stand Gibson Taylor are 199. So they're less than that. I want to be less than, than, what the product typically is. So Kiesel is definitely coming and Keeley is definitely coming. And by the way, on a side note, I was talking to the Tone King this morning. For those of you fans of the Tone King tonight, he's going to be building a, a Kiesel guitar on his show uh, in real time and ordering it. Uh, so if any of you because of the new website, right? I guess they reached out and they talked to him and Kiesel and they're going to do that. As you guys know, the Kiesel guys are very interactive in the, in the, uh, social communities because of the fact that they're an online business. So they, uh, they interact with online people. Um, but, uh, uh, probably tell you now, I could tell you a little bit more. So I'll tease a little bit more. Uh, all I could tell you is this, whatever's coming from Kiesel is why my copper strat was missing. <laughs> so there you go. But again, all that stuff, um, pro- trust me, it, you, I not, not likely any of you guys will find out about it too late. I'll be very clear and make sure everybody gets notified that this stuff's coming. Lots of cool things. And every price point, by the way, too, that's the other thing we're trying to do. So I understand like some of you, like $150 something or $300 or $1,000. I, I want to hit $5, you know, to $2,000 and everywhere in between. So everybody gets some kind of opportunity to have something fun. It's just fun. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm trying to create some fun. Uh, mathematically, it's not making sense. I mean, I get extra revenue from working with this, but it's nothing that's really, you know, no windfalls here, but uh, I get to make a little bit of money, which is always good. And you guys get something exciting. And in most cases, uh, because of my experience with the market, everything I'm doing, I'm pretty sure you'll be able to sell it for what you paid for it to some degree and get out of it. If you, if you decide like, I really hate this paddle or I really hate this thing. I, I'm really trying to create an environment where that's what you'll, you'll, you'll get what you paid for it or close enough. So magic man said, Keeley and Kiesel are my favorite companies. Well, as you can imagine, I've been trying, uh, uh, to, to work with companies that, um, I enjoy that. I like, you know what I mean? That, uh, that, um, that, and as many of the companies as I can in the USA, obviously. So, so, you know, and I'm also working on the whole, hey, we can't ship outside the United States. Working on that too. We're getting that all, we're working on all of it. <laughs> That's why I said it. it was an interesting week. I've been working on it all. Okay. Um, and then un, un, <laughs> unfreaking, believable. it doesn't say, you know, it's funny. It just says unfunkin. I want to say unfunkin. I know Ben Coombs will say fucking, but here's what's funny to me. It doesn't say that. That's why I don't say, I say unfreaking because it's actually, un un, un, un there's no you. So it's, un- I'm trying to say with no you, I like Funkin anyways, <laughs> he says, uh, Phil, uh, LPD limited edition run pedal at some point. Um, yeah, well, of course, you know, I, if, if, but Lawrence is busy right now, same thing. It's like, you got to temper this with, uh, I, I have to tell you, so, so, so we're very clear. And I, again, I don't know if I'm clear to say this. Okay. So what I'm about to tell you. When Tony Zither from Zither Stands agreed to do the limited edition KYG, he's 1,400 stands backwarded right now. He has no, I want to thank him publicly, <laughs> right? He When I said, hey, let's make a limited edition, know you're good stand, he was like, Phil, this sounds fun. Let's do it. I, this is honest, true story. We were talking on the phone. And also, I have no time to do that stand. You know what I mean? But we will do it because I love what you do and I love your community and they've been kind to my business and let's do it. And so same thing with Keeley. Keeley, so you guys know what, what, why, the, why the patrons were told about the Keeley product way ahead of time is Keeley just moved to a larger factory. So he's been dealing with moving into the new factory and doing the stuff. And he's again, selling pedals faster than, you know, he knows how to breathe. And so a limited edition product isn't necessary for Keeley in any way. Same with Kiesel, as you guys know. How many times you guys watch Jeff Kiesel? We're so back-ordered, we can't. Same thing. These companies are doing this. They're, you know, obviously it's money for them, but it's not. You know what I mean? Selling 100 stands or, uh, you know, 100 pedals, t- 10 guitars. Uh, it's revenue. It has more effect to me than it does them. Making $500 or $1,000 across a, a spectrum for a couple weeks' work, that's a pretty big dividend to me, to them, to make, you know, the same kind of money in the big pot of things. It's not huge, but like I said, I, so I appreciate them. But, and, uh, and then like I said, uh, once this is moving, which I think it is moving and the momentum is moving forward, um, you're, we're going to start reaching out to you guys, all of you saying, Hey, what products, what, what, what do you want to see? Limited edition runs of what? So, so (laughs) Amanda says, Lawrence might be an octopus. He might be. They, it's, it's, Man, well, let me tell you, Lawrence just works. I understand. It's just, it's just, uh, Lawrence is always working. Let me tell you, if you see Lauren in a chat somewhere, that guy's working, and he's he's soldering with the right hand and typing with the left. <laughs> All right, uh, let's uh, let's refresh this screen, and uh, let's find. Let's find some more subjects to talk about. We do have some cool ones. Here, are what we have we have uh, Jack T. Um, Jack T says Strandberg versus Kiesel Vader. Question mark. I did a video on that. He says, why are Strandberg so expensive despite being made in Indonesia? Thanks for all you do. Sure. You got to understand part of Strandberg's thing is the intellectual property angle that the Endura neck is a unique design. Remember he used to just sell that. He, Strandberg, I don't want to say he started out that way. Cause that's not how he started out. But in the beginning he was selling the plans to get an Endura neck. Like in theory, you could not so long ago, reach out to Strandberg and have them send like the Enduraneck plans to like Texas Toast Guitars and have them build the guitar for you. Or you could build it yourself, right? But I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people are actually just having other companies build the, the, the Strandberg Enduraneck. And if you guys don't know what the Enduraneck is, just Google Enduraneck by Strandberg and you'll see how crazy this is. And it's really cool. And like I said, I have a video with my guitar teacher, Matt, and I have my Vader and he has a Strandberg. Um, let let me, let me put you in a very, uh, so back to your question, which one would I pick? I would pick the Kiesel Vader. And then I'm gonna tell you why though. The Endure Neck is very cool. The guitar is very cool. Why is it so expensive? We already discussed that because he can charge that, right? Um, obviously we know that branding has to be something and he has to get something for his R and D. And so, you know, he's had to redesign and fix that model of guitar. I mean, the original bridges were horrible. So I mean, he's already had to redo this stuff. And You have to understand one of the problems that is out there, one of these misconceptions that's really hard to deal with is just because a guitar is made somewhere doesn't mean that's what makes it cheap. That's only one part of an equation. So for instance, and I'm just going to use Indonesia for a perfect example of this. A company, and I want to use this as a, a uh, as the as the anchor. So the anchor of the story is: let's say we take a, something like a Fender American Fender Stratocaster selling for seventeen hundred dollars. Let's say they decide to make a Indonesian-made Fender Stratocaster. One of the things that's going to happen dictates the price, of course, is the labor, and of course there are you know regulations like OSHA. Right? How strict are they? Are they stricter than the United States or not? You know, disposal fees, costs, manufacturing costs, manufacturing costs, labor costs that's a factor, but also materials. So for instance, if they, if they do all the right materials, that's why I said, sometimes it's funny when we look at SEs, we say, oh, an SE is less expensive than a core PRS because it's made in Indonesia. But that's one reason why some, some of the other reasons is it doesn't use a quarter inch or half inch to quarter inch maple cap. It doesn't use the same finishes, right? Like now all the, all current Paul Reesmith guitars are nitrocellulose lacquer, much more expensive to do lacquer than poly. Way more time. Way more time uh, letting it cure and dry. Way more time on the buffing wheels. Well, maybe not on the buffing wheel. I'll have to ask Nathan. (laughs) Um, But more time for sure. And then other things, components and stuff like that. So the reason I tell you that is part of the thing with Strandberg is they could make those guitars like in the Cortec factory or wherever, right? The same factory as, let's say, the Harley Benton. But just because they're made in the same factory as the Harley Benton doesn't dictate that, okay, well, it's a Strandberg, so it should be like twice as expensive as the Harley Bitten. I mean, some of the things on the Strandberg are gonna be more expensive because the components, like the bridge is, is more expensive. In theory, I don't, I don't know this because I, didn't, I haven't looked at this, but I'm just telling you these are things that make things more expensive. Um, the type of pickups they use, the type of woods they use, and then of course, uh, how long it takes to get that guitar finished in production and what does the manufacturer tolerate um, that's a huge part of this. Uh, and as I've said this before, uh, if you're a manufacturer, you make things. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, you know what, if you make things, it's how acceptable are your mistakes? Some manufacturers accept a lot of, mi- I shouldn't say manufacturers, some import companies accept a lot of mistakes. You know, let's say, um, like the Glary company. I have some more reviews coming up, some of their guitars and, uh, believe it or not, because of some questions you guys had. And I thought it'd be fun. But one of the things about their price point is they're just going to let pretty much anything go through. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because they know they're like, they'll deal with it when it gets out there. So you understand putting a higher standard on the quality assurance at the end of the guitar is a big factor of that, um, and uh, and so that's another thing that's expense. I'm gonna tell you another thing that makes the Strandbergs kind of pricey is not only stainless steel frets, that is a price indicator, but it's also being, uh, especially if they're seven or eight strings and they're fanned frets, uh, more a little more time on the uh, on the uh, crown level process, a little more time on the work on the frets. Again, you know what I mean? You could it probably take probably if I was going to guess, probably it takes the time to take two, do two good. Wow. What am I saying? The time it takes to do two Strandberg guitars, probably they could probably do three normal guitars, uh, in the, uh, refretting process or fretting dressing process and stuff. So, but to answer your question, which one would I pick? I would pick the Kiesel Vader one. Cause I did, but two, for that same reason, I, I did exactly what you're doing. I was like, oh, I like the Strandberg, I like the Endura Neck. It's really cool. As you guys know, I want, I want a Sarah Longfield Sarah really bad. I was like, I love the way it looks. I love it, how cool it is. Um, again, I tried to find one for a deal. Even, a couple of you, uh, Armando, one of the, the patrons and a viewer, he even, tried, he even found me a blim one on their website. I just didn't get to it fast enough. And then he, he sent me back an email saying it's still there. And I went, and I think by the second time it was really gone. And uh, uh, no, I thought for the price I paid for the Vader, I bought the Vader in mint condition use for $1,000 even with the gig bag. And that's legit. <laughs> so that's my problem. That day in that video when we were ABing them, it's not like I'm like, oh, the Vader blew the, the Strandberg away. I just, I like the Vader just as much, if not a little bit more. And I paid $1,000 even. So to get a great Strandberg, I want it on par with what I, you know, what I have. So if I can find a great Strandberg for 1000 bucks, I might be a buyer at that price point. Um, you know, uh, but there's no desire to do one on the channel because we've had Strandbergs on the channel. Uh, 0666 says, just got my Zither Know Your Gear stand. Thanks. Hey, it's funny, you guys. Thank you for super chatting me to tell me you got the thing you just paid me for. That's actually the, probably the best business model ever. If I was ever going to brag to a company, I'd be like, I once sold an item and then got somebody to pay me to tell me that they received the item. And that's cool. <laughs> so by the way, 0666, thank you guys. I know of you guys buying stands with my logo on it. I, I know, man. I, I, like I said, I, I'm... I, I, you, you, you can't hide my smile, man. I, I love this stuff. It's just, it just, uh, it makes me feel like, um, I don't know. It makes me feel like this is real, <laughs> like this whole experience you know, that there are people out there are like, man, I really dig what this channel is about. And then I go, I, I think, you know, and you guys are nice to me. And I just like, you guys are trying to figure out if I'm being honest and real. Sometimes I, when you guys bump into me, you're like, Oh, you're like, how are you on, on the videos? I'm always like the same thing. I'm like, oh, they said they like me, but oh look, they did. They bought they bought a mug or a shirt or a pick or whatever. And I'm like, oh, so they must really like the channel because they wouldn't buy uh I I was in shock. I'm I'm shocked by the stands. I think at this point we sold 73 stands, so you guys know. Um and uh, that's a little uh skewed because um yeah. Cause it's skewed by a few either direction, but about 73 stands. And I think we're trying to get to 100. We originally talked about only doing 25, but like I said, uh, that didn't make any sense. Cause the patrons pretty much bought those up. And then the, the pre sale, which is when I was talking to you guys, you guys bought 35 or something like that. <laughs> and then, it, so that one day, so I was like, oh, well, yeah, we can't do 25. And I was like, well, we'll do 50. Well, 50 is sold out. So, we're going to do the. I'm going to launch an official video, and then I think that's when we'll sell up the last of the 20 somethings stands or something. So, we'll see. <laughs> Scott Grove says, I have your logo sewn into my underwear. You know how cool that is, Scott? <laughs> that, they, they, that is cool, man. They, um, I don't know. Does Groovy Music, I don't know. Do you have a logo? I don't remember you having like a weird logo. I see Scott, Scott, like I said, Scott's, uh, what I call OG. He's like, you know, everybody was watching his stuff and then started learning and how to fabricate and put together this process of doing videos. And, um, so he, he, he pre, he predates like, let's make a catchphrase or, uh, you know, let's pump our shirt sales like crazy. Um, that stuff didn't really exist. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I know we've got to eventually do a video. Oh, that's the thing. I was going to, I sneak, I sneakily said I was going to do an announcement and, uh, and then, uh, I didn't do it, which is, and then Scott's perfect example. Uh, I was telling you guys, I've decided that I'm going to, uh, on the film Ignite two channel, we got 3,300 subscribers. That's pretty epic. Like I never thought that channel would ever get more than like, let's, I was just hoping to get a thousand so we could monetize it. Um, uh, don't worry. I will be make, make all announcements here on this channel. Nothing will change, but I'm going to start doing interviews with people on that channel. Deep dive. I want to turn that channel into my fun. When I want to do something fun, I put it on there. Like you guys know, when I did the, uh, uh, the Reverend review for Sweetwater, they sent out the Reverend. I did the 55 point analysis inspection on that thing. Cause it was kind of like 16 minutes and the entire video was only 12 minutes. So having a 30 minute video where half of it was just talking about what was on that card. Um, uh, I'm going to do more deep dive and I want, and I'm sure most of you are going to join me over there. (laughs) So, you know, for this part, but, um, I want to start doing that because again, I want to be a little bit more free and we'll probably curse a little bit more and just be a little bit more freer, just kind of chill the vibe a little bit different. You know what I mean? So I have both. And the reason I'm doing that is for no reason other than this, it would just be a nice, I want the second channel to be a little bit of an outlet for me. So when I'm feeling a little uptight, a little nervous, a little, whatever, you're stressed on this channel, trying to get stuff done, trying to get things going. Maybe if I'm not in the mood, instead of not making content that day or the, you know for a couple of days, maybe I'll go, oh, I'll just do some more channel two stuff. You know what I mean? And uh, I think that'll be fun. So uh, we can get Scott on there and he can curse all he wants. <laughs> and like I said, I'll do the shout outs here. So the probably numbers will be pretty, pretty decent because like I said, you guys pretty, you know, you guys pretty, when I suggest things from the live shows every Friday, you seem to jump on them. But, uh, let me know what you guys think, like I said, and what's great about that channel is if there's something that's so amazing that I think the world needs to see, no matter what, maybe we'll throw it back on this channel too. Pull it off um we'll see uh John own eight can't own eight can't play any rubby, Ruddy <laughs> says, "Hey, Phil, what is the best brig? Wait, I need to stop before I answer this question. I have to tell you, I was watching Aaron Short music uh, uh, today and yesterday. When I say watching, I don't watch anybody's, uh, live shows. I listen. I think a lot of you guys just listen, uh, too. and I was listening to a bunch of his shows and, uh, and then I was watching, I actually, I was listening to a, uh, RJ Rincolio live show the other day. Again, a lot of, uh, meticulous work this week I had to do where no talking, just doing stuff. So playing in the background was great. Everyone has like a normal name on their show. Everybody's like, Mike from Minnesota says, Sally from Utah wants, right? Uh, you know, Donnegan from Ireland said, like, where's all the goofy, you know, John a- own eight can't play any ruddy. Like none of that stuff. I just want to tell you, I just want to tell you, I actually love that about you guys now, but I'm also convinced that a lot of you are making up names just to see how badly. I can just stumble through them. So, um, and just to show you how, just so you know how bad it is, uh, some of these names are so bad that I'm like, even I, for a second, go, have I been drinking? Was I drinking already? <laughs> okay. So anyways, John says, Hey Phil, what is the best rig to play guitar with, uh, an Android phone? iRig or R something else? <laughs> uh, uh, I use iRig, but, I don't know because my new phone, uh, I purposely didn't want an iPhone because it did, they got rid of, you know, the, the, the eighth inch jack on the iPhone. And of course, you know, so you can buy more dongle crap and I held out so long. And then, so anyways, uh, it doesn't matter. I have the new, well, I don't know if this isn't even the new, this is probably last year's model or whatever. Last model of the droid, uh, Sam, this is a Samsung phone, no eighth inch jack. So I, ha- I, my iRig thing <laughs> that I use plugged in the eighth inch jack. So I need to find another thing to plug in the phone, but I stopped, uh, using the phone as much cause I use my laptop and I use, uh, I use a, um, a scarlet, uh, scarlet little interface that's powered by the laptop. And then I run, uh, Gu- guitar rig six. Um, it's fantastic. And then I run that through, um, what am I running it through? I have no idea. <laughs> I want to say logic, Pro. I'm just making up stuff at this point. Um, uh, anyways, I use some, I don't know what's on there for recording software. It's different than what I have on here, but I, I should remember what it is and I'll record. I like whenever I'm traveling, I actually play and record as much music as possible. I, 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 I learned over time for some reason, like, you know, in my dream world, I would go, you know, va- you know, on a vacation or I'd go on a business trip and I'd have my guitar and my, you know, my little amp or my little uh, laptop rig and I would practice songs and learn them. Uh, and that's not what happens with me. I just never did it. I would just practice half a song and the next thing you know, I'm, you know, doing something else. So I go, uh, I learned to just write music and play music. And I find, I find that it is, for me personally, being in, immersed in a different environment, makes me feel creative in a way I never feel it when I'm at home never I've never felt as creative as home as when i'm I'm traveling somewhere and so I like the uh the scarlet rig i the scarlet thing I use like i said it's powered by the laptop the laptop is entirely portable on a battery I take a guitar and a laptop in fact um what I usually take if I take a guitar is I take that delos uh, delos uh Kiesel guitar that they sent me the blue one play that it's fantastic uh but I will check because i Probably want to hook something back up on my phone, but I've been using iRig. I'm sure a lot of you guys will have suggestions for him as well. Grumpy Mike Guitar. What does Grumpy Mike want to know? He wants to say if I could only buy a Gibson or only a PRS, which would it be? Huh. <laughs> it's tough for a reason you don't think so. Here's why it's tough for me to answer that question. My two my two favorite guitars. Well, my favorite guitar, of course, you know, is my Mira because I've had it forever and I love my Strat, but I have been Mira. And I've been playing that Gibson SG like crazy, 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 crazy. Um, So it's tough for me. So it'd be like, so to me, the only way I can internalize that question for me would be what would I keep the Mira or the SG? And that's an, that's a tough question. What I will tell you is this, I wouldn't pick uh, you know, I'm, I don't know why I would have to pick, but if I was you know told like, Hey, you only keep one, I'd probably just tell somebody in my family, like one of the kids or my wife, like grab one. And I don't want to know which one just grab one. Um, i would probably lean a little bit more towards the SG just a little bit. Cause I've been, it's in my favorites right now. It's when played to death. Um, but at the core of your question is kind of like, not just my personal thing. Cause I have one of each, which one do I keep? It's like, if you were going to buy a Gibson or a PRS, which one would you pick? The, 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 the thing I would suggest to you on that, because th- I want to come at you like, this is your question, you know, right? You're ready. You're ready to finally go, okay, I'm going to buy one of these monster price guitars. Cause that's really what I think you're getting at with this question, right? You're like, uh, in fact, can I reframe, uh, uh, rephrase, reframe, can I rephrase your question? Let's, let's play a game called it's tough. Cause $2,500 doesn't, buy a whole lot anymore so let's say three grand isn't that sad for these high-end guitars and and again we can factor in please factor in you can find them used and all those things but we'll say let's say you had three grand and you could go to like sweetwater.com and you could buy a gibson or a prs and they were somehow in stock through the miracles of being in stock um which one would i suggest you buy in other words what would i tell you to buy um I would tell you if I was given the choice between a Custom 24 for $3000 or a Gibson Les Paul I would pick the Custom 24. That's what I would pick. Um now here's here, And that's why I like these answers cuz instead it's it's so easy for everybody to go oh, buy a Gibson, buy a PRS. I mean there's really it's not that easy. I would buy a Custom 24 over a Gibson Les Paul. I would buy a Gibson Les Paul over the 594 and I love the 594. I just think if you know, if I could only have one single cut style guitar, I kind of want the Gibson. I luck out because I like the SG Grumpy Mike. I would say look at the SG. I just bought another SG. I will be showing you guys next week when it gets here. Hey, anybody's really paying attention to the podcast, like epically paying attention? See if you can guess what SG I just bought. <laughs> so uh, the uh, in fact uh, the first one to guess if you guess what SG I bought, uh, I'll send you a shirt. I'll send you a Know Your Gear shirt. So, uh, to answer Grumpy Mike's question, uh, I, I don't know, (laughs) I don't know, man. You should buy what you love. Don't listen to, you know, I think that's part of the problem. A lot of people like Gibsons. They just want a Gibson, but then they hear everybody talk about PRSs. Look, PRS, what's great about them is they just great fit and finish and they have, you know, great things. But I'm, I'm literally, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm basically in love with the basic model guitars. I'm about to make a announcement video that I can't tell you as soon, very, very soon, um, about a new guitar that I'm in love with. Um, and it's again, it's ex- inexpensive, expensive. In other words, it's somebody said the uh Iomi, the the SG Co- No, we're talking about Gibson. Somebody's saying specials are the uh, fireflies all stuff. No, no, this is a Gibson. I just bought a Gibson SG, another Gibson SG. It's really dumb. That's why I'm telling you, because I have a Gibson SG. I have a Gibson SG with P90s and I have a Gibson SG, uh, standard. So I just bought one, but funny enough, I've been talking about it or I was talking about it on an episode just a couple of weeks ago and about the fact that I should have bought it. It was used, it got sold and I didn't get it. Another one popped up. This one was a little bit more than the last one, but it was a little, not in better condition, but had more added to it. So I went ahead and did it. And, um, I was the first time I ever bought a guitar where I can honestly say I think I paid more than what the fair market is used for it, but just wanted it. If no one gets it, I'll, maybe I'll... I don't want to tell you guys. Somebody figures it out, they get a free t-shirt, but it's got to be the first person because I can't give out 50 t-shirts. And like I said, I'm not going to tell you if you guys get close. So I'm reading a couple right now. Ah, Dennis says Rick Beato's Les Paul Special. No, it's NSG. Ah, okay. So... I'm double checking. I'm pretty sure I'm right. It's Bussa, you, Bussa, the, the younger. See, who has these names? <laughs> Bussa, the younger. I love your name, Bussa, the younger. Bussa, the younger, uh, said it, uh, it got it. So please, uh, Bussa, the, Bussa, the younger, uh, email me, uh, at, uh, 7 my, at gmail.com, my, my email address, there should be a link down below too. Uh, email me, put, uh, you know, uh, SG winner and, um, I'll have my wife send you a know your gear shirt. She'll have you pick. You know, you get pick out the design and stuff. They're just I'll send it to you. What's great is it gets sent to you from Teespring, so she just pay, you know pays for it and sends it to you. Um, uh, they picked uh, the olive green uh, SG. That is absolutely correct. I bought the same SG you guys have been watching in the videos. I just bought the green one that that uh, that uh, Chicago Music Exchange did, uh, and I, I don't know why. <laughs> I just wanted all. I love my SG. I play it so much, and I just wanted an olive green one. So there you go. So now I have a matching SG and strat. They're almost the same ugly green color, uh, that, uh, that, uh, and I don't know that I like that. I hate that. I like, I love, hate that color. (laughs) All right. Uh, Robert says, Hey, picked up a used 65 deluxe reverb. I'm a tube noob. All right, good. Vibrato channels work fine. No sound at all on the normal channels. Should I take it to a tech? Okay. So the, uh, vibra, so you're, you're not getting any sound. That sounds like one bad tube. That's what that sounds like. So you got to understand each channel would have a tube. And again, I'm not a tube expert. I'm not an amp manufacturer builder. You know, I, I know enough amp stuff to basically keep me out of trouble. Um, my guess is somewhere in the back of that amp is a bad preamp tube. That would be my total guess. And I'm, but before I would take it to an amp tech, I would definitely check. That's very simple to do. You're gonna have little covers uh, on there. Um, push up, turn it, pull it off. There's little uh, sleeves over the tubes and uh, look at the, t- I take them all off. Or you can Google the schematic on that 65 Deluxe Reverb. And uh, there might even be one printed on the side of the amp. And what you're gonna look for is the preamp tube that's assigned to, assigned to that channel. And, um, that's the tube you're going to do. And here's, what's great. You don't even have to buy a preamp tube or, uh, do the tube test, you know, with tapping on it with stick. All you have to do is figure out where that tube is to that preamp channel and, uh, pull it out, pick one of the other tubes, but make sure you know what tube you pulled from. I don't even care if it's not one of the 12 ax sevens. I don't care which one pull one of the tubes out, stick it in that spot, put the other tube in the other spot. And if that channel starts working, then you know that the problem moved with the tube. You could just buy a preamp tube. (laughs) They're only about 15 bucks. That's what I would probably just do. Just buy a preamp tube, find where that tube is, pop that tube out, super easy. Just make sure the amp's turned off, unplugged for safety purposes and um, pull the tube, put the new preamp tube in. It'll be your first time, but you know, Hey, look, it's not complicated stuff. Okay. If you're just about 10 years older than me, you probably had to go to the convenience store to buy a tube for your TV. When it blown, when it was blown, my, my TV, I think our, my first real TV, when I was a little kid, we got an RCA console TV. And, um, the, that was our first TV. I remember as a kid, we got the RCA made in USA, by the way, console TV. It had a remote control, not on a wire. Cause some some people's first remote control TV was on a wire. Ours was an actual remote control, but it had one button. <laughs> Do you guys remember this? Uh, where you push the button and it would turn, it would actually physically turn the knob. And, um, but if you passed your channel, <laughs> you had to keep going around until you got back to your channel again. And, uh, that TV, uh, no tubes. That was a transistor TV, no tubes. So I don't, I never owned a tube TV, but I know from all my friends that are just a little older than me that they remember like, Oh yeah, you gotta get a tube for your TV. So it's not, you know, it's not that hard. Uh, but that, that'd be my guess. And I would do that before I would take it to an amp tech on that note, we're going to cut it. <laughs> this is it. Um, Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. There was a, quite a few of you today. It was great questions. I had a good time. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Like I said, my weekend's going to be interesting because, you know, like I said, my wife's on crutches and... uh that's, uh, so we're definitely not going for a walk <laughs> on that note. I will see you guys next Friday at three o'clock. Thank you everyone who super chatted, everyone who uh, supports the channel, everyone who asked a question, everyone who posted a comment, thank the moderators for moderating this crazy mess every week. Uh, they are great. Uh, like I said, uh, for taking care of this, they get the brunt of all the crazy comments and, uh, I appreciate them that doing that. And on that note, I'm going to let you guys go as soon as I figure out where the new button moved to. <laughs> all right. See you guys next week. Thank you and know your gear.